Women aren't born warriors, we become them. And the road to becoming a warrior is bumpy as hell. Each week I'm interviewing women who through tragedy and triumph are leaping for greatness. Get ready to unleash your inner warrior. I'm Liz Swadek, and this is Conversations with Warrior Women. Welcome to Conversations with Warrior Women. I'm your host, Liz Swadek. You are now part of a boss babe, lady gang, tribe of women. That's right, us warrior women. One word that I keep thinking about right now is resilience. Radical resilience. Because in order to have resilience, and you got to bounce back from what's happening right now. You got to be able to pivot and maneuver, and you need to just change because you know what? This is a hard time on us. This is a hard time on us, but you need a, you need a bunch of strong women supporting you. I, I, I can't say this enough. This has always been true. And this has always been the way women can soar and accomplish great men, greatness. Do you have a girl gang? I want to know. Do you have a girl gang or have you, are you having trouble finding a girl gang? Like you can't find your ladies. Let me know. Tell me your experience. DM me because we are warriors together. You're in my lady gang, but let me know if you've been having trouble getting your lady gang together, because I understand that. Our guest today has taken her lady gang to the next level, and she's created an amazing network of supportive and non-competitive boss ladies. And we're going to be talking to her soon. But first, I w- if you want to find out more about me and the show, go to thewarriormoms.co and click on the podcast link. And if you like the podcast, leave us a positive review and hit that subscribe button. Thank you for your comments and your emails and your suggestions. I love them. Keep them coming. DM me anytime on Instagram at warriorwomenpod. Okay, on to our sponsor. Oh, guys, you're going to love this new sponsor because guess what? Time to treat yourself, maybe with a little bauble or something, a little piece of jewelry. That's right. Del Pozo Jewelry has the best, most fabulous jewelry that you can buy. I love it so much. And let me just say, Tanya Del Pozo, who started this company, is one of our first podcast guests. So warrior mom and warrior woman Tanya makes these beautiful, spiritually inspired pieces with precious stones, pearls, diamonds, and opals. They're made with love. And you know what? You can tell one of my favorites that she makes is this butterfly necklace. My favorite one is a moonstone butterfly necklace with 14 carat rose gold and white diamonds on a rose gold chain. It is gorgeous. She makes these butterflies in all different sizes and different stones. They're gorgeous, this butterfly necklace. I also love her beaded stretch bracelets. I have a whole stack of them. I wear them on my arm, all the different color opals and beads. And my daughter has some too, and we even have matching ones. And then Another great thing that Tanya makes now, Del Pozo Jewelry, is a personalized mask holder with beads and your name on it. It's so cute, perfect for kids and moms who are busy and don't have time to take on and off that stupid mask. But the most exciting thing that Tanya is making is the vote necklace. Maybe you saw Michelle Obama wearing it at the Democratic National Convention. The vote necklace. Oh my gosh, it's my favorite. She'll even make it with diamonds for you if you want. So make sure you go to Instagram and follow Del Pozo Jewelry. You can order and shop right from there or you can go to delpozojewelry.luxury. Order now. Today, we are talking to Carrie Murray. Carrie is the founder of Bra, the business relationship 
Alliance, a network of powerful women devoted to advancing female-owned businesses by providing the community, collaboration, mentorship, empowerment, and support needed to flourish as an entrepreneur. As a solopreneur, and we're going to find out what that means from this, Carrie, a solopreneur, um, Carrie realized that she knew very little about running a business. Carrie would spend every spare minute researching all the best business practices possible from finance and earning capital and business development to marketing and public relations. While doing this, as a mom of two young kids, she would eventually build a circle of friends who were also in the same boat, not only solopreneurs, but mompreneurs who shared the same frustrations, limitations, and struggles that she did. What started out as casual dinner parties at her house morphed into fruitful networking sessions as more and more women outside her immediate circle wanted in. Through sharing their own personal experiences and providing advice, education, and support to one another, they found a like-minded community of women who shared the same vision. And from those dinner Dinners Bra, the Business Relationship Alliance Network, was born. Welcome to the show, Carrie. I'm so excited. Yay. Thank you for that introduction. Wow. For a minute there, I was like, who is she talking about? This woman sounds amazing. Who is that crazy woman? (laughs) I I love you, Carrie. I'm I'm so excited. I reached out to you because we met long ago at a bra lunch. And I just thought what you were doing was like so incredible. I immediately like, I joined. I was like, what? I'm joining the network. Um, but I love it because you've cultivated, you've created this thing that is so necessary. I feel like women cannot do anything alone. Like we need each other. We need each other for support. I mean, we can do things alone, of course, but I feel like we go farther and faster when we have each other, you know, and our, our support, but let's, let's go back. I completely a bit. agree. Let's yeah. go back a bit. Cause you know, I got now okay. I know everything about you. No, no, I need to know everything. We're on a hot date now, Carrie. Ooh. Yes, we're on a hot <laughs> well, date. I'm glad I combed my hair. <laughs> yeah, you look really good, by the way. Um, Thank you. But let's go back a bit. I want to know about the beginning. When you were little, yes. what did you think you would grow up and do? Oh, I was convinced I was going to be an astronaut. <laughs> and both of my parents worked at NASA. And I, I got to see a couple launches of the space shuttle. And I actually worked at space camp as a counselor in college. And I mean, by that time, I realized... It's actually a possibility. Like you had some in the world. I realized the space in space <laughs> is very small. Oh my God. But, so my claustrophobia was like, maybe not. <laughs> So it's, it's, I, as I learned more about, you know, space flight and what you, the rigors you, you have to put your body through and everything, I was like, nah, and I'm not that great at math. So it's like, I'll go a different way, <laughs> but I always wanted to be an astronaut. Yeah. Okay. Well, when you, that's so funny, Gary, like I just said, first of all, I can see how the, the love of it and seeing it and, you know, you've two parents and then you realize you're going to be in a, in a space that is two inches wide. You're like, oh, oh no. no. Okay. <laughs> um, <laughs> so funny. You were the first in your family to graduate college. Yes. Which is amazing. Um, but you studied social work and domestic violence. So that's a major shift from astronauts. to Yeah. Yeah. You know, I always uh, loved working with kids and um, I was always a nanny or a babysitter. And I studied early childhood education and, and high school. And I wanted to do something that served, you know, served the community. Um, so I pursued social work um, and I had a 
internship at the San Francisco DA's office as a domestic violence advocate. So what that meant that my 20 year old self would meet with a victim who was either just put in a hospital or they're uh, trying to get a restraining order or whatever. And I would advocate for them. I tell them their rights. I tell them how to find a lawyer, which were all free and available. They just didn't have access to it. And then I would take them to court and say, this is how you get a restraining order. or This is how you you know, testify against your spouse or whomever um, you are victim to. But it was very, very, very different than childcare. Um, and yeah, but tell me about that. I mean, my God, here you are, you're 20. Yeah. I, mean, I, I think when I was 20, I was thinking relationships were awesome. And I didn't really think, I, if anything, I thought like I, the more boys, the merrier, right? You know, right. Here you are dealing with women who are escaping like, violence and, and my mother's age. death. Yes. Yeah. And it your was, mother's age. Yes. Yeah. Young one. Like what, tell me, like, what did you, it was think? difficult. So when I, you know, you, you don't do your internship until your last semester of your senior year. So I was locked into social work and getting my degree in that. So once I, I was doing that for about six months, um, I saw some pretty dark things, pretty, pretty dark things. And sadly, I'd say at least 40% of the women would go back um, to their abuser. And I would see them again and again and again. And I saw everything from elder abuse to like women with children who felt trapped to women my mother's age. You know, it was very, very difficult. And um, once I graduated, they gave me a, a position and I maybe lasted nine months. So I couldn't take me, it. What did, you lo- what did you learn from that experience? Like, what do you think that you've carried with you from that? Because that, I mean, someone would take that and like, I'm not getting married. Bye. Yeah. I mean, I, I don't know. I mean, like, but what did you take away from that? I think the biggest thing is that so many services and outreach programs that nobody knows about. Mm-hmm. Part of, the, uh, you know, just advocating for like, look, you have all of this available to you because women feel trapped. They feel like I have kids. I don't work. I'm not connected with my family. Where am I going to go? I don't know where these shelters are. Are they safe? Can I bring my dog? And there are so much available to them. So it was just you know, getting the information out to me was what was stopping the kind of the circle of violence that would happen. It's like, they just didn't know. So from that, my biggest takeaway, it was like, I, we got to spread the word. Here's a hotline. This was before the internet too. You know, it was just starting. It was 2000, no, 1997. So mm-hmm. we were just getting the internet going and email and everything. So it was just finding a way. Even to, harder. Yeah. Get that information. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It was crazy. very difficult. I'm hearing, you know, and I never thought about this, but I'm hearing with the quarantine, this has become an exponentially awful issue because, you know, it used to be that if you were in an abusive relationship, maybe one person would go to work or one person would be out all day. But now that they're home together and especially, you know, child abuse too, like you're home in each other's faces, that it's so much worse and that their calls, the calls that are coming in are like tenfold, which, which broke my heart because it was something I didn't even think about. You know, mm-hmm. like I didn't even think about, I'm thinking about feeling a little trapped in my home, but I'm, I like my home and you know, I'm right. like, let alone you're trapped with your abuser. I mean, right. that is like, I, I can't even, it's yeah. okay. And just, so anyone who's listening, um, yes, they can I'm going to put it in the show. Easily, yeah. 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 Put that, that you, you can easily get help. Call 911. There are actual shelters that domestic violence victims can go to safely during a pandemic. There are resources available. 
Yeah. Um, I'll send you the link too to put in your show notes. Yes. Give You're me not alone. Whatever links you think you know are the best ones for that. But yes, I, I yes, I, I, I saw some crazy Instagram post that broke me up about a girl that pretended she was ordering a pizza, but she was really yes. calling nine one one, which I didn't even think of. But that's something you can do. You can pretend to order a pizza on nine one one because you're giving them your address. Exactly. And the more you stay on the pizza protocol, the more they're going to know something's wrong and send a car to your house. So order exactly. your pizza if you're in trouble. Um, okay. So after that though, you switched gears, right? And yes. you started teaching in the LAUSD system, but, yeah. but you rose quickly through there. You became an administrator, a principal, and then you opened your own school. So yes. how in the hell, first of all, you, you're just impressive as hell. Just like you set your mind to something and you just do it. Um, but how did you handle suddenly becoming an entrepreneur? Because that's something you obviously did not know anything about, right? Nothing. I knew nothing about it. Um, what I did know, so when I opened my school, the school, you know, I was a principal and I would see this uh, a marginalized population getting, not getting their needs met. And I would have to make decisions on budgets. You know, where am I going to spend the, this money, public money? And how do I prioritize? Well, this population, which are called twice exceptional kids, which means they're, they have special needs. Maybe they're on the autism spectrum. Um, but they're also highly gifted. So they, they don't have any programming for this very unique population because it's so small. So I decided to open my own school that was designed to meet the needs of twice exceptional kids. Um, also, and, and, you know, typically functioning children as well were, you know, but that it was very much built for that. And I knew how to write the curriculum. I knew how to recruit the teachers. I knew what kind of programming I wanted. I knew the structure of a great schedule, how to keep them active, how to keep them engaged. I knew all of that. I had no idea how to recruit students and families, how to market myself, how to write a business plan, how to, you know, plan a budget. Um, I knew nothing about that. And that's where I was kind of like, wait a minute, (laughs) this is really difficult. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. So what did you do? You just, I mean, did you, well, I just kind of jumped in the deep end and I kind of learned as I go. Um, well, I found that that's very expensive. (laughs) Um, and and, you know, is expensive. Yes. And at the same time, I'm trying to meet the needs of all these families and their children. And I had two young children at home and I was just voracious for information on how to market myself, how to financially find investors, like how to build a website. Like I I didn't know how to do any of these things. Um, And my partner and I and our teacher, there was three of us, would just, just find all the information we possibly could. But meanwhile, at the same time, I couldn't recruit any families. There was only at my highest point, we only had eight. Um, and we, we started in kindergarten and we were hoping they were all going to go with us. And they wanted to, they were committed. They were like, this is great. Well, I can't keep a business afloat with eight kids. Yeah. It's a number, yeah, it, right? There's a number. It out. really is. Mm-hmm. And then do I, I don't want to charge tuition. That's unbelievably expensive um, because that's part of the reason why these families needs aren't being met is because they are, you know, they can't afford the big, you know, private schools. Um, they're stuck in a public school system. So that's when I realized after about three years, um, I found another school that was kind of doing the same thing. And I, uh, they absorbed all of what was left over of my business, my students, um, any like 
my teacher, they took it all. We, it was kind of like an even transfer. And then I realized how much in the red I was after owning a business for three years and really not d- using best practices, I guess. I'm so much more, it, 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 I know so much more now. If I could talk to that Carrie, I would tell her to wait. So you would, okay, so let's talk about I that. Would. So if you could talk to that Carrie, you would say, don't start this school yet. Like first do yes. your due diligence. Yes, build it. Um, bef- and you know, build it and do some research. And maybe instead of hiring your teacher, I could have been the teacher, um, but I should have hired like maybe a coach, maybe a business strategist, somebody to help me build the, the foundation. The things you did exactly. Right. Yeah. So I, one of the yeah yeah one of the um, you know really what was hard was like all three of us, my partner and my teacher, we all had the same strengths. And we also all had the same weaknesses. We didn't know how to run a business. It was so frustrating. <laughs> I, think, I think that is a huge thing I hear from female entrepreneurs is that a big mistake they do is not hire, they hire someone like them because it feels good to be around someone like someone, you. It feels familiar. Yeah. It feels familiar. Nice. Oh my gosh, we think the same. We do the same things. We like the same things. We're the same. But guess what? Yes. Then you are, you're right. If, if someone doesn't know that all the things you don't know, how are you supposed to move yourself forward? So, so I love that. That's a good lesson. So tell mm-hmm. me, and how did you start the bra network and tell me why you started it? So at the same time, while I was like floundering around, you know, um, trying to learn business, I would go to networking groups and I went to tons of them, really big ones like B&I, that's a big and national with you know, millions of members and then very small ones that were done by, you know, the city. Like, um, so what I found though, is when I would go to these events, it was very like salesy and like, here's my card and what can you do for me? This is what I say. This is what I sell. And once they realized that I was a founder of the school and that I wasn't going to buy their printer paper or whatever, they didn't (laughs) talk to me anymore. (laughs) So it was very much, and it was, I was also one of the only women there. And I kept thinking, where are all the women at? Where are they hanging out? Um, at the same time, I had was surrounded by friends of friends and close friends that were also entrepreneurs. One was a photographer. One was an event coordinator. One was a hairstylist. One was an architect. One was an interior designer. And we were all feeling the same thing. Like we would sit and have, you know, get together for cocktails or dinner or something and hang out. And we were like, well, wait a minute. Why don't I just make us all get together formally in my backyard? So I invited like six of them and we got together. Um, then they were like, can I bring my friend who does, you know, who does this and a friend that does this and, and, but all in the same position. Yes. Bring them all. So what I found during those dinner parties was that they were hiring each other. So now the event coordinator is oh, working I with the floors. Yeah. yeah. And now the officiant is wants to work with the wedding photographer. And um, so you just start seeing everyone hiring each other. And that's when I was like, I think there's something here. There's something really exciting. And at this moment was one of my, my school was ending and I needed something else to do. And I didn't know what my next step was. So we just started having all these dinner parties. I got bigger and bigger and bigger to where there was like 20 women in my backyard. And I was like, I think I need a website. Um, and that was in 2015. So once I started building a website and I created, I learned so much from my experience of failing actually at business 
that I knew what exactly what I wasn't going to do this next time. Like the first thing is I'm not going to have a brick and mortar. I'm going to work from home. Then I get to be closer to my kids. And wow, are you learning that now? Yes. Why are we yes. learning now that you really don't need a brick and mortar? You really do not. You don't. You really don't. And I honestly believe once this is over, all of these big corporations are going to be like, well, wait a minute. Can't we just keep having them working from home? Right. Traffic. Well, we won't have to sit in traffic. If we're getting everything done, why do we have to be in an office? I kind of agree. I kind of yeah. agree. Okay. So Broad Network was kind of built on the back of that failure, which is brilliant mm-hmm. because you took everything that you learned so that you could pump it into this. So then what was the low point? Was the low point when the, when the school kind of failed or the business failed or what was the low point that kind of catapulted you, you feel like to this next place? Well, I'll tell you what, I know exactly where it happened. It was Mother's Day and I was, <laughs> yeah, it was Mother's Day and me and my couple close friends and my mother <laughs> and all went to the Mondrian and we all stayed out by the pool and we were going to have brunch. And then we, you know, had went to, you know, the cabana and we were there and we just started talking and it was May. So that means the school year is about to end. And I knew the school was done and I hadn't told anybody yet, really. So I felt all this shame and I just broke down in tears and started wailing and crying and like, I'm a failure. I don't know what I'm doing. And they all just like shook me and said, you're not a failure. You're doing it. You're taking the risks. There's no failure if you took the risk. Um, So that was the low, lowest point. And once I came out of that, I kind of was like, and I just kept getting pressure to be like, have one of those dinner parties. That'll cheer you up. Let me bring my friend who does this. Let me bring my friend who does this. And, and it was so much more than like, I, I, you know, like a Stella and Dot party where it was like a jewelry party or something like that. It was, it was, it just felt much richer and deeper in community because we were like, we all have felt like that crying girl at the Mondrian in the cabana. I've cried at the Mondrian, I'm sure in the cabana. I'm I'm, I'm (laughs) sure I was on the other side. Um, that's amazing because you know what? I feel like, first of all, how great that they were like, you're not a failure. They, <laughs> that they were like, not, they're not going to let you say it, but it is really true. I feel like, you know, women are really hard on themselves. They really, really are. And, and yeah. sometimes we don't even try because we think we're going to fail. And mm-hmm. to me that there is no failure. If you've learned a lesson, if you've learned anything, then there's zero failure in my eyes. Because to yeah. me, even the total loss of a company or loss of a business or breakup of a relationship, all those things are lessons. And you know what? Sometimes we need to go through those things to get to the next place. I think sometimes those things are just unavoidable. And sometimes, I mean, people have told me nine times out of 10, they're grateful for those things. They're grateful. Oh, I'm for those things. 100% grateful for it. Because if I didn't have the school and the failure, I would have never built bra. And bra has become one of the most rewarding things I've ever done. And, and I'd say it's right up there with teaching because now I'm teaching entrepreneurs where once I was teaching fourth and fifth graders, and then I was teaching teachers. Now I'm teaching entrepreneurs. So I still get to massage that muscle and it, it's very natural. And it, I just love education. I love learning. Um, that's amazing. You're taking something that was your passion or, you know, and it's funny too. Like I'm, I'm reading that book grit by Angela Duckworth. Oh, it's on my list. I haven't read it yet. Oh dude, you got to read that book right now. So that book is amazing. And one of the things she talks about is there is a, 
ultimate concern. There's your like overarching goal in your life, thing you're doing that you can't divide any other way. So for example, if I said my goal, my biggest goal, highest goal, ultimate concern is inspiring women. And if you said why, it would just be like, because I want to do that. There's, yeah. there's nowhere to go from there. So for example, or, or other example is if, so if, if I said, oh, my goal is to, you know, be disciplined. No, well, why? Why do you want to be disciplined? Well, because it, a discipline makes a good leader. Well, why do you want to be leader? You know, there's, if you can't go any further, then you know you've reached your highest goal. So somewhere in there, education is like a high, high goal for you because you're yeah. basically bringing that. You look, you're educating the women, domestic violence, right? You're edu- yeah. you're, that's like a through line for you. So that's oh, I, didn't, I never put that together. You're right. <laughs> yeah, it's a through line because you're literally, it's almost like your highest goal because you're really taking that in everything you do and everything else is a means to that, to that end, to that, mm-hmm. the education goal. But, but I know also it is super, because I do it too. I love working with women. Like when I am in a group of women and we are just sharing information and, sh- and supporting each other, or saying, okay, I'll, I'll be your first customer. I'll do that. Yes. Yeah. I'll, I'll like your Instagram. I mean, there is not a better feeling to me. Yeah. I think it's incredible. So you get I to agree. do that all the time. You lucky girl. Yes. Um, okay. So tell me what has been, I, I kind of want to talk about the pandemic. We're going to talk about how to join the bra network and all that, because I love it. And I, and I love, I love that the name, well, you had like a name. It was like Demica. I was dying. Yes. So cute. <laughs> um, what, tell me about like this time, like what have you learned personally and professionally, like from the pandemic and being quarantined, like what have you kind of come away with? Um, patience, I think is, um, I mean, you have some, I do. Are you giving that away? <laughs> I need some. Right. I think patience, not only with my family and, and homeschooling and all of that, trying to run a business, but patience before you pivot. So I feel like when we first got in here, like in March, everyone was panic pivoting. I got to do this. I got to do this. Oh no, I'm, I got to have this online offer. I got to have this. I'm doing this. And I really just paused and said, okay, well, I already had an online, you know, format that most bra events are digital. Um, we're very active, you know, in our Facebook group, but we have webinars and online courses. And so I didn't feel like the, the need to pivot. Um, so what I did was wait and I kind of saw what everyone was scrambling to do and I was planning a conference. And so I knew I was going to have to cancel it. It was set for July. And at this time we were like, oh, two weeks, we'll be fine. Yeah, no, right. every day we got new information. And then by April, we we're like, oh, summer will be fine. It'll be good. And then they said, nope, you ain't going back to school. <laughs> so I just had patience with all of the information that was coming at me, mm-hmm. trying to filter through it. And honestly, I could not have the news on all day long um, or, or, you know, just in the background. I'd watch it for maybe a half hour. I try not to look at it on my phone. I try not to look at it in social media. I was like, I'm going to make sure I filter out all this noise so I can really develop and be there for my members. And because I didn't feel the need to scale my business for now being online and scale it to have more online offers, instead, I just felt the need to serve. And I just said, how can I, how can I support you? And I just sent out an email at, to every bra member and everyone on my email list and just said, what do you need? Tell me what you need. And I booked so many calls with women that were just like, can, just, can you look over this lead magnet or you can, we just talk and we, you know, and it just kind of developed from there. And 
since then, you know, we still very active group. We're still supporting each other. We're showing up and, um, online now. Um, but it just didn't feel authentic to me to do all this pivoting. Well, I think um, this is brilliant. I, mean, I just did a little mini class with Natasha Hemingway, who's an amazing uh, business coach. She believes in the heart, not the hustle, that you don't yes. need the hustle when your heart's behind it. And one of the things she was saying is that, you know, people feel a little guilt right now about selling. You know, they feel a little guilt. And she said, but if you are serving, then there's no guilt. If you're providing things that people need. So that is the smartest thing you did is to ask people, what do you need right now? That's one thing she talks about is going to your community and saying, what do you need? What do yeah. you need right now? Because then there's no guilt. You're not selling, you're helping. You're, you're providing a service you know, to, to some women that really need it. So Absolutely. it's incredible that you, that you paused because you're right. There's a kind of a like, when the panic sets in, right? When this whole thing came down, a lot of people had some knee jerk reactions and oh, yeah. got re- like, pulled all their money out of the stock market. Like did they, you know, whatever they had to do, you know, to kind of feel better, which, you know, right or wrong, who knows, but there is a kind of a magic of like, hold on, let me pause. Let me wait. Let me see how I can be useful and how I, what I need to do with my business, you know, before I go in for it. Exactly. And one of the things, and then I also looked at all those 2020 goals I wrote for myself. I was like, well, I can throw this list out of the window. <laughs> and I just, I reflected and I said, what, what could I work on right now while I'm quarantined um, that I was going to push or, you know, until the end of the year. Um, So that's why I'm revamping the website. I launched a podcast. Um, I was like, Oh, I started an IG series. And I was just like, and all of it features, you know, bra members, their work and how they serve, but also it positions them as experts. So it's like a great lead magnet, but it's now digital lead magnet. So that's how I just kept showing up and just got more active, engaging with people that follow me. I was like, check out what you're doing and support you. And, you know, and I, I think it's okay to sell. I mean, look at Amazon. It's okay to sell. People have to live. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I just bought a new pair of pajamas to lay around in the house. I mean, no better thing to buy right now. Slipper. I got the cutest slippers. slippers. My slippers and my pajamas as my normal, <laughs> yes. my number one things right now. Exactly. Literally. So people are still buying. People are still, you know, I'm not buying money. I'm not spending money on my hair, clearly. My nails, gas, the things, entertainment, movies, eating out, but I'm still spending money. <laughs> so exactly. I think it's okay to sell, but you're right. I would serve first. I would sell first from a place of serving, 100%. So from a place of service. I think it's a huge, huge lesson. So tell me, if we want to do this bra, I mean, I'm, I'm, I'm rejoining. I had joined, but then I had to figure myself out. But now I'm back, girl, so I'm joining again. Yay. So tell me, how do, we get, how do we join? Like, What do we get for joining? Like, well, Tell us the oh. magic of the bra. Yes. So depending on Everyone your needs level, a good bra, by the way. They do. And they all need it to lift and support them. Yeah. We don't want anything digging into the side of us. Even if you go commando, you're still welcome to join the Bra Network. There you go. Um, but So you head over to my website, bra-network.com, and you'll see the breakdown of membership. It is an annual membership. What's great about our network that I think really stands out compared to other business networks is we make the commitment to hire each other first. So there's a huge directory and you will be featured in it. You'll have your picture, all your testimonials, a direct link to your website. When you're looking to hire that graphic designer or interior designer, 
you can look to the directory first. That keeps the money flowing between us. It also holds us accountable for pricing and scaling competitively. Because if I'm a wedding photographer and I'm only charging a grand, my competitor is charging eight grand. We need these women to be talking and being like, why aren't you scaling competitively? You're not charging enough. And the other thing is we stop giving shit away for free. It's something that women, when they're first starting out, feel that they need to do. I got to give all this stuff away for free. Here's my products and service for free. Men don't do that. They have no problem saying what their quote is, 150 an hour, say, and then just waiting. They're not going to negotiate down or try to be like, but I'll give you a discount. No. I say you can have a friends and family (laughs) discount and you have your price. But other than that, we need to be competitive in how we're pricing. So that that's one of the biggest things we talk about in the network. Now, with membership, it comes discount on courses, webinars, uh, you get priority seating in any of our in-person events when they return. (laughs) Um, but it's, it's a great resource because we're resources for each other. So there, you know, we have a lawyer in the group. If you just want to like pick her brain, you know that, okay, she Carrie vetted her. She's in the bra network. I can go to this woman and ask her some questions and everything. Um, so that's a real, real core value of bra network is that we really want to literally lift each other up and support each other. Um, it's, it's, it's punny, but it's actually very true. <laughs> it is very true. It is very true. Okay. So we'll put that in the show notes, how people can join. I will be joining again. <laughs> um, love it. So tell me we're going, we're on to the speed round. It's my favorite part. What Yay. is, what is your cocktail of choice? Ooh, Cadillac margarita rock salt. You were the first to say this, and I love it so much. Oh. <laughs> I like it. Okay, Cadillac Margarita. What is a mantra or a quote that you live by? Um, it's not a sprint. It's a marathon. So it's kind of like hurry up and wait. <laughs> but yeah, um, I'm very much like now, 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 now. And I have to remind myself, hold on, take a minute. And yeah. let's explore this before. Yeah, there's, a, there's a journey. There's a long time, long-term commitment yes. there. Yeah, 100%. That's the other thing she says in, in uh, Grit, in that book. You're, now you're going to read it for sure because I'm talking Now about, I am. Um, she talks about that it's not about talent. It's about endurance. It's how long you Absolutely. stay with something. That's, that's determined success for people. Yeah. Um, I think something I also say a lot is progress over perfection. Um, I say that a lot to myself. Yeah. Just, I always say done is better than perfect. It really is done. Mm -hmm. Um, what simple thing do you do for yourself? Like a scare, a self-care tip. Ooh, um, I have this great face oil (laughs) that I got as a gift. Actually, I think it's from beauty counter and it's a great face oil you put on right after the shower and it just keeps your skin so moisturized. And it's so hydrating. I just love it because I have typically really dry skin. Okay, I'm gonna and I live in the, the show notes, whatever mm-hmm. face oil you use. Okay, yeah, I love it. Okay. I love it. It's I so you, great. I was worried that the face oil you're gonna get like pimples. Do you get pimples? No, it just no. Don't. And I thought the same thing at first. I thought, why does it? Does it feel like a mask? But it just hydrates because my and it's for dry skin. Um, so I really love face oils. Now I've got like four different kinds. It's funny because people have been talking about this face oil and I have not done it yet. I'm like afraid to do it, but I think I have to do it. I, I might yeah. have to try yours, whatever one you're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. What makes you feel unstoppable? Ooh, podcasts like this. <laughs> <laughs> yes, girl. Yes. It's collaborations. 
because yeah. um, I, like you said at the beginning, it's we're stronger together. So to me, I feel more unstoppable when I have someone like you next to me, or if there's four of us or five of us, like just being together community. So true, man. I feel the same damn way. I really do. I feel like every time people are like, how's the podcast going? I'm like, I am like on a high after every podcast. I'm like, yes, I love women. Like I just, yeah. you know, and I remember when I started this, I thought I would run out of people to talk to. <laughs> that is so funny. I will never run out of interesting women to talk to forever. Forever. Yeah. I will never run out of women to talk to because every woman has the most incredible story and something to learn. I just, yeah. can't, and it just jazzes me to know it. Um, who do you most admire? Ooh, probably my mom. <laughs> um, she, uh, lives in the Bay area, so she's not local and we have gone stretches this long without seeing each other, but it's kind of weird not knowing, not being allowed that you're kind of, you miss, choice. Right. yeah. You know, you're like, wait a minute. Yeah. But yeah, she is by far just like that boohoo fest at the, at the Mondrian. My mom was always there with me. And from the moment I said, I'm going to be an astronaut to where I'm going to open up a business network. She never said, Oh, are you sure about that? Um, she always, always hundred percent supported me. That, that is incredible. That is incredible. Yeah. I love to hear that. What is exciting you the most right now? Ooh. Um, well, I, I really got into this new show on the, apparently it's not new. It's called better off dead with, uh, I think, Better Off Dead with Christina Applegate or Dead to Me? No, it's called Dead to Dead Me. Because Better Off Dead's like an old movie. So yeah, yeah, that's really old. No, Dead, to I th- Dead to Me with Christina okay. Applegate on Netflix. It's I've never great, heard of this in my life. What is yeah. this about? It's, well, it's about a woman who loses her husband. He gets in a car accident and the person who killed him in the car accident, she befriends her. But she doesn't know that this is the person who killed her husband. So is it like a dark comedy? or is Kind it- of, yes. Okay. And so she's kind of going through the process of, you know, with the police trying to figure out, solve the crime. And meanwhile, her new best friend's like, oh, I'm the one that did it. Oh, <laughs> my God. That is it's really good. I'm, that's so wild because you know the whole time. So you're just watching and waiting to see what the hell is going to yeah. happen. That is so funny. Well, Carrie, thank you so much for coming on today. Thank you so much for having me. This was so fun. This was so fun. And you cheered me up. And I'm really excited about the Broad Network because I, I told you, I have my more than me. I love my more than me girls because that's a really important network. But I think Broad Network, I, I got I to gotta rejoin because I feel like we need this more than, than yes. now more than ever, I feel. We need this support, especially entrepreneurial support. To yeah. get, because a lot of people are, are thinking right now they're going to have to start a new business. They're going to have to get, you know, try something new or pivot. Oh, or yeah. Mm-hmm. This is the time you need that support yeah. of a lady gang, right? This is the 100%. Time. 100%. Yeah. That's why I built it. So it's much. here during pandemic or not. We're exactly. all here. It, guess what? It's pandemic proof. That's right. (laughs) Okay. Thank you, Liz. Thank you so much. Okay. Thank you for joining me, everybody. Remember to subscribe on iTunes, Google Play, or Spotify. And if you enjoyed the show, leave us a review. This is Conversations with Warrior Women podcast with me, Liz Swadek. Remember, every woman has a story. You just need to ask her. Bye. Bye.